Good morning. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? <clears throat> and before we get started, I just want to make a comment as you go through this. It reminds me a lot of what we do every Thursday evening here at the church, the communion service at 530. So we're exercising what we're preaching here. We'd be happy for you to join us every Thursday afternoon at 530. Let us, let us get underway here. A new day has dawned. God's gift of life is renewed in you and me. Be still and know that God is here. Let the Spirit in. We are ready to pray. Think and rejoice. We are ready to hear God's word. Then listen and respond to God who meets us in new ways and in different sounds today in worship and every day in the world. Come to us, O oh God, and guide our worship. Speak to us the word we need and let the word change. Amen.
be seated. As you are, let me welcome you all to worship today. It's good to be here and to see you all and to join together in worshiping to, uh, the one true and living God. Some of you have uh, been away for a while and we're glad you're back, able to be here and worship. Others uh, may be visiting with us for the first time and we're glad that you're here as well. But we also want to express to, uh, to everyone uh, a greeting, a greeting in the name of Christ. Southside Baptist Church is here in the heart of Five Point South. We are uh, a church building an inclusive community of grace first in this community and then beyond. And a part of that is to welcome all who come in in the name of Christ. To have our arms open wide, to know that as we have been received by Christ, so we too are to receive others in the same way. So today, if you will, uh, in just a moment, I want to introduce our uh, preacher for today. Many of you already know Terry Bird. Uh, Reverend Bird is a uh, director or state coordinator for the Alabama CBF, and she has been there about 10, 10 years, yeah. And uh, so we're glad that she will be here with us today and telling us or sharing with us the message God has uh, given to her, but also to uh, be able to worship with us, one of the churches that supports the missions work of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. So if you would take a moment and welcome those in the peace of, uh, in the name of Christ by passing the peace of Christ to everyone. After you have greeted each other and welcomed each other in the name of Christ, the peace of Christ will find your place. And as you do, I invite the children that are here to come forward. We're going to have a time together uh, down front. And um, also I want to welcome while they're, everyone's getting back to your places, those who do worship with us via live stream. Um, every week there are folks that join us and participate by being able to um, go on the um, internet or use, their, use the internet to worship with us, to view the service, and also to participate uh, with us as well. So we're glad that you all are with us as well. I'm just going to use this right now, but uh, who all is with us today? 
Who all do we have down here? Sanders? Xander? Xander? And Willow and Jade and Austin and Caroline and Louise and then these two. I want to talk to you today for just a moment about something because, uh, yeah, I would imagine if dad comes down, she will uh, settle down if she found exactly what she wants. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, a lot of things about what Jesus did, what he said to us, but I've got two things I want to show you today. If you can see over here, okay. Uh, I've got a little stone here, and what do you notice about that? What do you see about it? Can you touch it? You can touch it. What does it feel like? How does it feel? Smooth? You know, a lot of people carry a stone like this in their pocket, and they call it a worry stone. And if they get real anxious or worried about something, they rub it. So do you think, Jamie, rub that. See how smooth it is? And by rubbing it, it sort of calms some folks down. But you know, Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, he said, don't worry about anything anyway. And we know that we're not supposed to worry to the point that it makes us sick, but yet there is a, a tendency for us to do that. And sometimes we have to have um, some object that will help us do that. But think again what he said, not worry about what you will eat or what you will wear what will come tomorrow because the Lord will be with you. But he also says this. He says that if you, if you also remember this, and I want you to give you each of the, one of these. I think there's enough of these to go around. Millicent, can you take them? Hand those out. He also talks about the flowers that the Lord has that God has made them and adorned them and makes fits them with such beautiful colors and clothing and in, in essence that they um, they're cared for by God and so we're reminded not to worry about what we will have because God watches over us certainly we do what we can to help to do use our gifts that he's given us but what does he say don't worry and remember that even as beautiful as, as the flower is, and as, see how small all those little bitty pieces fit together? It's pretty magnificent, isn't it? But you are more so. And so each of you, made in God's image, are also magnificent, wonderful, and of infinite worth and value to God. And God loves us beyond anything we can imagine. So as, we, as you take those flowers with you, and, and uh, hopefully they will not become swords later, <laughs> but they will be used to, to remind you that God takes care of those things he has created. Okay? Let's bow together. Lord, we thank you for your provisions for us, that we do not have to worry that you do watch over, care for us, and that you have provided for our needs, maybe in ways we don't understand or know about fully, you are there. Bless these children. In Christ's name.
be seated. And as you are, I invite you to turn in your Bibles if you have them or to listen as it's read. Our first reading for today is from the Psalter. It is Psalm 29. It's a Psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of light. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Here ends our first reading of scripture. Please hear a reading from Acts chapter 10. Today I will be sharing with you from the message. There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man and had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God. He was always helping people in need and had the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as real as his next door neighbor, came in and called his name Cornelius. Cornelius stared hard, wondering if he was seeing things. Then he said, what do you want, sir? The angel said, your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one that everyone calls Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is down by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two servants and one particularly devout soldier from the guard. He went over with them in great detail everything that had happened and then sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as the three travelers were approaching the town, Peter went out on the balcony to pray. It was about noon. Peter got hungry and started thinking about lunch. And while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up, and something that looked like a huge blanket was lowered by what appeared to be ropes at its four corners and settled onto the ground. Every kind of animal, reptile, and bird was upon it. Then a voice came, go to it, Peter, kill 
and eat. And Peter said, oh no, Lord, I have never so much as touched anything that was not kosher. And the voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, then it's okay. And this happened three times. And then the blanket was pulled back up into the heavens. As Peter, puzzled, sat there trying to figure out what it all meant, the men sent by Cornelius showed up at Simon's door. They called in, asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter, lost in thought, didn't hear them. So the spirit whispered in his ear, three men are knocking at the door. Get down there and go with them. Don't ask any questions. I have sent them to get you. So Peter went down and said to the men, I think I'm the one that you're looking for. What's up? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You join me in prayer. Loving God, in these moments that we gather, moments that are quiet, moments during which we focus on you, we join our spirit together, brothers and sisters who are called by your name. And we offer up to you our prayers. We come with an eagerness to give you thanks for life, for health, for the privilege of work that brings fulfillment, for the gift of family and the gift of church, for those experiences of joy and happiness and success that individuals here have experienced and those in our families have experienced. We also come, O oh Lord, thanking you for the answered prayers that we have prayed in days past and have heard that you have heard our cries. We thank you, Lord, for the times in which we've seen your spirit at work, sometimes, sometimes in subtle ways and other times in dramatic fashion knowing that you are the source of all truth and all wisdom. We pray today for those who suffer, for those who are experiencing sorrow, for those who are facing various life-changing issues. Bless them with your peace. Oh Lord, we come asking also forgiveness for, the, for all the sins that we have committed personally, for those that we have committed unknowingly against others and those 
that we have also committed corporately against others. Open our eyes, Lord, that we can see the world as you see it, that we might be able to see how we can affect change as we allow your spirit to empower us. Oh, Lord, open our eyes. May we see those around us who are hurting, those who have lost hope, those who are struggling to make just another day. Help us see, O oh Lord, how we might be a part of answers to, the, to their prayers. Change our attitude as we look around us. Create in us, O oh Lord, a, a clean heart and renew within us a right spirit. We pray, Lord, that during this hour of worship that what we hear will be words that penetrate to the very core of our being, to the innermost parts of our heart, that we are moved by the words and by your spirit to go from this place knowing that we have been challenged and that we have been commissioned by you to be in the world, to carry your love and your grace to those around us. Hear us now, O Lord, as we, your children, pray, even as Jesus taught his followers to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
was amazing. What a blessing to have such a wonderful choir. Before I begin my sermon today, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for partnering with Alabama Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Because of you, we can do so much more. Um, Because we are together, it is so much better than being alone. Um, We do um, incredible work in ministry and missions uh, around the state of Alabama and the world. Um, We have three missionary families from Alabama that serve um, as field personnel in different parts of the world, and we support them thanks to the churches who give to Alabama CBF. And also, we have a rural development coalition that does asset-based community development in Perry County called Sowing Seeds of Hope. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, That Perry County is one of the 20 poorest counties in the United States of America. And this year, we celebrate our 20th year of work with them. And it was founded in part due to the inspiration of our good friend, Professor um, Wayne Flint and his beautiful wife, Darty. And Darty passed away a couple of weeks ago and I had the honor of being at her um, service of um, memorial this week and to talk with Wayne. And Wayne said, I am so grateful that all of our churches have continued to work in Perry County for all of these years, and I hope that it lasts forever as um, a testament to um, the good work that Darty and I and all of us have done together. And I assured him that there are churches just like yours that continue to feel that call to that kind of ministry and mission in our world, and I'm so grateful for you. So thank you so much for that. As we um, begin this time of thinking and pondering together, let us join our hearts in prayer. God, we come to you asking you to quiet our spirits and our minds, open our hearts and our lives to hearing something new from you this day. In the name of Christ, who calls each of us, we offer this prayer. Amen. So I'm looking out among you, and I see all of you have someone next to you, but not all of you have someone next to you. So we're about to do a little um, activity, and some of you may have to speak your activity up into the heavens. So if someone is near to you, I want you to take your hands, and I want you to whisper into the ear, to their ear, God is doing something new. And if you're by yourself, then just reach your hands up into heaven and say, God is doing something new. Go. God is doing something. Excellent. You're great whisperers. I love this God story in Acts chapter 10. God was in the business on this day of being truly connected to his people. He's all about speaking words and delivering visions on this day to Cornelius and Peter. God sent Cornelius the vision of an angel from God telling him to send for Peter. 
But God sent Peter a much more unusual vision, the vision of a blanket covered with animals to eat sent to a Jewish man who is hungry for lunch. Peter doesn't seem to be thrown by the whisper in his ear, but he is thrown by the vision and the request that he has heard. In fact, it seems to blow his mind. It's a perplexing vision and an even more confusing invitation because you see, the Jewish laws for clean eating that are found in Leviticus, which were given to the Israelite children by God, were very clear. The animals on the blanket were considered unclean. And yet, God was encouraging Peter to let go of that lifelong tradition of his childhood faith in order to hear a new whisper in his ear. This call from God was breaking some rules in Peter's life, so he needed to take the time to be discerning. But the voice of God was insistent and continued to call. God was sending Peter to a new place, to a new people, with a new vision for Peter's future and the future of the church. And when those people arrived at his door, the Holy Spirit whispered in his ear, get up and go, Peter, I've sent them for you. And I love Peter's reply when he walks down to the ones who's come. He says, I think I'm the one that you're looking for. This was the story from scripture that God used to shake up my world when I kept hearing God's whisper in my ear that he was calling me to ministry. You see, I was raised in a Southern Baptist tradition that really didn't welcome women into ministry. I was raised um, as the daughter of a Southern Baptist pastor, and my understanding was that God didn't call women to preach or to pastor. So that persistent whisper in my ear was very confusing for me. It seemed to be breaking the rules. And I was most worried about the people in my life that I loved that still clung to those traditions. Because I grew up in the church, we were one of those families that was there every time the doors opened. I knew this story from the Bible. But when God led me back to this story again, during the time in my life when he was calling me, I realized that God could do new things at different seasons of life and in new places. It was just what I needed to be able to say, God, I think I may be the one that you're looking for. Yet when I think about Peter, I think about all of the many ways that Jesus was constantly bringing newness into his life. We're talking about a man who was a fisherman, who Jesus called to follow him. And for three years, they traveled together every day, 
while Jesus was preaching and teaching and healing, and Jesus taught those things to Peter. Peter became the preacher of the Pentecost, preaching one of the most famous sermons in our Christian history, telling thousands of people about Jesus crucified, buried, and resurrected. It was Peter, a fisherman, who became the father of the first century church. And yet, on a rooftop in Joppa, God is doing something new again in the life of Peter. God is sending Peter to the Gentiles, a group of people he would have not normally been in relationship with. This something new in Peter's life would be controversial. It would stir up some trouble. And yet, in the end, it would fulfill the promise of the Old Testament that the followers of the Messiah would be the light unto all of the nations. So this morning, knowing that God is constantly making all of us new and bringing newness and light into the world, then I have to assume that if our faith, where we are with God, or the people we've been in relationship with because of God, hasn't changed in any way, then it's possible that we have some listening to do or some places to go or maybe some people to meet. What something new could God be whispering in my ear or yours in this season of life? So I have some possibilities to bring to the conversation this morning. First of all, it turns out that God still does call people into ministry. Every February, Baptist Women in Ministry celebrates the calling of women who have been called into church ministry or to preach. In fact, I've preached every Sunday of this month, often because CBF recognizes Baptist Women in Ministry Month. And I wanted to tell you about the story of one of my friends, um, a woman named Mary Ann Wilson. Mary Ann heard God calling to her to preach at the age of 11. And when she heard that first whisper in her ear at the age of 11, she went and told her parents, I think God wants me to be a preacher. And they immediately said, oh, Mary Ann, we are so glad that you are listening for the call of God in your life, but we think you may have misunderstood. Because you see, God doesn't call little girls to preach. God calls his little young men to preach. And so we think maybe God is calling you to be a missionary or some other kind of minister. So you just keep on listening. So Mary Ann kept on listening. And when she became a youth, she told her youth minister, I think God is calling me to preach. And the youth minister, he said to her, Marianne, I'm so glad that you're listening to God's call, but I think you may be wrong because God really doesn't call young women to preach. And then when she went to college, Marianne said to her campus minister, 
I think God may be calling me to preach. And thankfully, that campus minister, she said to Marianne, Marianne, you hold on to that calling because some people may not recognize that calling, but I believe if you hold on to it long enough, that it may come to fruition. So Marianne went off to seminary and she married a wonderful man named Ron who was called to be a minister of music. And together they served the church for many years. And then when Marianne was in her 50s, a friend of hers at Woodland Forest Baptist Church, who was the pastor there, said, Marianne, would you come and serve on staff with us and be an associate pastor? And Marianne said, yes, I will. And the day came when Jonathan decided that God was calling him to someplace new. And as he left the church, he encouraged the church to listen deeply to the whisper in their ear about who God was calling to be their next pastor. And at the age of 65, Woodland Forest Baptist Church called Marion Wilson to be the pastor of their church. And this past, a year and a half ago, Marianne retired from being the pastor of Woodland Forest and stepped back into the role of associate pastor for their church. It was a calling that she had heard all of her life. Very different from my calling. I didn't hear God calling me to ministry until I was an adult. Like Peter, I ended up following Jesus in ways I never would have imagined could happen. Also, like Peter, I think God often calls us to a new point of view. Today, more than ever, I believe we find ourselves a divided people, divided by politics, race, culture, and different ideologies, often reaching out to listen and be in relationship with someone new, especially someone we disagree with, causes us to hesitate or brings condemnation from others. It did for Peter. There were very clear guidelines in this day and time of our story about Jewish people not associating with Gentiles. God was trying to let Peter know that he needed to let that go. That's what that vision on the blanket was all about. But it was hard for Peter to imagine behaving in a different way. And yet God clearly was leading Peter to go to Cornelius and to his family. In this um, Bible story, I would love to encourage you to go home and read Acts chapter 11. Because Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11 are one of the only places in the Bible where we get the whole story told to us twice. If you read Acts chapter 11, it's almost a repeat of Acts chapter 10 because Peter tells the entire story to all of the Jewish people are telling him he shouldn't have done what he has done. That you should not have gone to Cornelius' house. That is a no-no. We don't, we aren't in relationship with those people. So in Acts chapter 11, Peter tells them the whole story 
of the vision and the whisper in his ear and going to Cornelius' house and about how the Holy Spirit showed up and he and his friends saw God at work and all of those people. And by the time he finishes telling his story, all the people who were first naysayers finally praise God about the something new that God is doing among the Gentiles. What if the whisper in our ear is saying we need to change our mind or adjust our attitude or open our heart to someone who may seem different than us? God may just be calling us to be in relationship with each other. Honestly, friends, our nation and our world need us, Jesus followers, to be bridge builders and peacemakers now more than ever before. Finally, sometimes I think that God has a new mission that needs to be accomplished and he calls us to be the hands and the feet of that mission. Fifteen years ago, my good friend Colleen Burroughs sat across from me at a booth in Panera and told me about a calling that had shaken up her heart the week before. She had been on vacation with her family in Disney World, and she saw a news report on the nightly news about a severe drought in Malawi. Colleen grew up in Malawi with her missionary family, and she had people she loved who lived there. She learned on that news report that their lives were in danger because there wasn't access to clean water or water for crops for food. Together, we wept as she said, I have to do something. What am I going to do? This past week, she sent out letters to all of the supporters of Watering Malawi, the organization that she founded, thanking them for the support they have given over the past 15 years. Because Colleen said, yes, I think I'm the one that God is calling, 19,380 students, along with 269 churches, 533 individuals, 21 schools, and 13 foundations raised $1,082,228, which was invested in access to safe water, irrigation, sanitation, hygiene, and the empowerment of women and girls. Watering Malawi funded wells, latrines and schools in homes, and hand-washing stations. They provided education programs for 88,000 families in 418 villages. They funded fish farms and watered gardens and started a sewing school and offered scholarships for girls to attend school. This year, Colleen and her Watering Malawi board will celebrate their mission and bring their work to a close because today there are now organizations companies and individuals in Malawi who are sustaining all of the work that they began. My friends, that is a God calling with a big vision. 
that left a legacy of love all over an entire country in Africa and has transformed all of the people here in the U.S. who were a part of it. Sometimes God has a mission in the world and whispers in our ear that we need to be a part of making it happen. My friends, God is the God of something new. God always is. Today is a reminder that God can and will do new things in your life. So don't be afraid to listen to the whisper in God in your ear and to say, I think I may be the one that you're looking for. Amen. We are going to sing together a hymn of promise, hymn number 623. I invite you to stand and sing with us. bow with me please oh Lord when we stop and listen we hear your voice directing us to ways and places and mission sometimes those are to go sometimes those are to be involved and other times it means for us to give and to support part of our own spiritual journey is to understand more about how all we have is yours and how we may give that in accordance to your direction so that others may come to know your saving love mercy and grace Lord in these moments as we each decide how we will give we respond to your message to your call on our lines and we know that what we give will be used for your kingdom's work. Bless each person who gives today, and may it be multiplied many times over. 
In your name I pray. Amen. Loving Lord, we present these tithes and offerings to you, dedicating them to your kingdom's work here. We pray, Lord, that you would bless them. May they be used to bring others to understand your love, your mercy, your grace, and the place they may also have in your kingdom. In Christ's name, amen. Can we see for just a moment, please? First, let me thank Reverend Bird for being here. And we're delighted that you were here and to challenge us again about listening and to uh, hearing those that whisper in our ear of what might need to be done and how we might need to respond uh, in the days ahead. It's, um, we also are having uh, in the month of February and then into March, we'll have a series of studies on Simon Peter. Dr. Hobson here is presenting those for us each, each Wednesday. Although we will not do it this Wednesday because this is Ash Wednesday and we'll have a special service. So you're going to know everything you ever wanted to know about Simon Peter. But the big part is being able to sort of respond in the ways that he did, in the good ways he did. Because we're going to plenty, do plenty of the bad things, those ways that he did his faith faltered 
uh, as we all know ours does. But thank you for bringing that, reminding us as we go out. So we do invite you on Wednesday night here in the sanctuary, 6 o'clock, Ash Wednesday service. Uh, we will um, have a time of worship, song, and prayer, and then imposition of ashes. And it will, uh, we will not have the normal Wednesday night meal as we do on a, any other Wednesday night. So you come and meet us here at 6 o'clock on Wednesday evening. And now as we go out, may we remember that God continually does new things in our own lives to move us, to guide us, to lead us into places of his choosing that we might respond and understand the glorious gift he has given to us to be his presence wherever we go. Go now, knowing that he is with you and upholds you.